0: Welcome to the episode 36 of Take it TV, 3.6. Uh, so today we've got an interview with Kate. Uh, Kate's going to talk about safety at the uh, chargers, basically. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those subjects, apart from the accessibility, that's uh, n- not been talked about quite openly as of yet. And... Uh, as more and more people adapt EVs in their lives, we will have to kind of consider the charge of safety and accessibility as a sort of bundle. And um, Kate does a—you know—Kate uh, decided to kind of get into it and, uh, following her own private experiences, um, you know, do something about it. Which is, you know, what you want in life. Uh, if you see a problem, do something about it. Be the change you want uh, to be or to make in the world. Something like that. You get you get what I mean. Anyway, before I get on with today's show, um, I had a very fun conversation with Kate. But the uh, this is the first time I kind of recorded uh, something this way, and we had some technical issues. Uh, so initially, you'll see me a bit blurry on the screen. Don't worry about it. It's just the uh, the camera basically got out of focus, and um, that you're recording video on Zoom or whatever. You know, you don't know whether it's the just a low resolution whilst you're recording it or it's a low resolution. Oh, sorry. It's out of focus. In my case, it turned out to be the latter. latter. So um, just bear with me. It will change in about 10 minutes into the episode. Um, if you're hearing this as an audio, by the way, and you're confused, uh, this whole video is going to be available as a YouTube uh, uh, video. That's the word. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, anyway, I, um, so yeah, I, I I do want to record, more of these as a video uh in the future and you know i think that's the best way to deliver these things um because uh apart from the length of the episodes some people would like them to be shorter um the second sort of criticism that i always get or feedback is the uh, why don't you make them as a video it's not always possible i do like to record on site and audio is also just easier to uh, uh to edit, um, especially if I, you know, if I uh, waffle on about something too much as a as a question, I can re- record the question afterwards in an audio format. I Can't do that when I'm recording live with a uh, with a guest. So um, in this episode, you know, some of my questions are kind of lengthy, but bear with me. You know, um, hopefully you like this format. Uh, it's nice to see moving heads in a video. Before I move on, I would like to thank my patrons, Bogart. Matthew Thompson Andrew Till and Chris M you guys are wonderful um, I you know I couldn't do this without you I'll let you in a secret I'm seeking f- uh, some sort of form of sponsorship that will fit the channel or fit the the, 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 the podcast but in the meantime uh, you know patreon.com slash take it if you want to chip in a little bit because every little helps I've just had to pay hundred and something pounds For the um, uh, to keep the the thing running for another year, so you know that's one of the costs that these guys uh, help cover, at least in a little bit. Uh, You know, travel, all the equipment that I'm using here. um, You know, that's all coming out of my own pocket. I would like this thing to grow, basically, and would like to get more money to be able to to be able to do more things. So, I've got really great guests lined up, Um, and you know, just to be able to do it. more often I think is, is, is a dream of mine. Um, uh, at the moment, it's just a hobby. Uh, and you know, I'm not going to go pro anytime soon, but at least a bit of, uh, a bit of support from the, uh, from folks listening would be great. Um, the other thing I have to say is if you're not subscribed, if you're on YouTube, just, you know, subscribe to the thing and do the bell thing and whatever, um, leave the comment down below. Don't, don't say anything mean, you know, we're friends here. Just be nice share this episode with anyone you know if anybody has concerned about safety or accessibility let them know about this podcast uh if you have any questions and or you have suggestions uh take it at gmail.com is the email you can use uh i welcome all feedback uh if you have any questions that you would like me to talk about and in any case i would like to thank kate for her time and uh Enjoy the uh, the show so uh, we're here today to talk <laughs> about safety right and uh, it's safety and accessibility I think like like the subjects that I've recently been um, talking on the podcast about and the um and I've had uh john John McBeard, no uh beardy mcbeardy face he, uh, he likes to call himself publicly on twitter um and he's obviously a person who's uh, living with a disability so yeah. he's got something to say about that but we haven't had anybody talking about safety so you know we, we're all ears like tell us what you guys are all about or what you are all about um uh actually can we actually start because you know our, our connection or your connection to this podcast is is unusual um so can you just like Tell me from your perspective what it looks like. Mm -hmm. What can you say? Um, Because I think that's a a good story and not everyone has heard it yet.
1: Yeah, of course. So I first came across the podcast on my long drive from Portsmouth to Grimsby. Uh, on my way to my job interview with Jordan Brompton, who is, of course, the very lovable chief marketing yeah. officer of and co-founder of My Energy, And I was looking for a podcast that she'd been on because it was a long drive. And I thought, at least if I can listen to some things that she's done, it will help prepare me better for my job interview. And one of those podcasts was the Take It Evie podcast where you'd had a conversation with Jordan. And I just remember... It was so informative and all of the questions that you'd asked her, you know, it was right at the beginning yeah. of one of the fir- the first lockdown and it was very much around, you know, what was she doing with the business? How was it reacting to the pandemic? And she was like, well, actually, it's just gotten more busy, um, which was really encouraging to hear. As I was, you know, on my way to a job interview, in like in terms of ongoing job security, and uh, and what really cracked me up was that you uh, were very uh, forthcoming yeah. in asking for your own zappy cover. Oh yes, which, yeah. as it turns out, she did deliver on, which is just fantastic. So you're the only person in the UK with a bright red zappy cover,
0: Greg. I am. Yes, uh, if I don't forget I'll flash a picture here somewhere but the uh, it is on the on the twitter if you go to the uh, take it EV. if you if you want to scroll through like thousands and thousands of vid- of pictures that i post um you'll see it um but yes yeah, so i i i'll uh, you know i'll let you uh, let 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 you on a secret i usually um have like four or five points that i'm going to talk about and the rest of it is just off the cuff so depending on it it, it must have been something she said or you know we just were talking about things and the subject kind of popped in my head and i thought you know um i looked at all the covers and it's just like white and gray i like red color so can i have a red one i just i just thought i'll just ask you know and 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 yeah I, i i remember i um i i got the uh i got the zappi it came in a box and i i emailed her because she was like yeah, yeah definitely you're definitely gonna get it like i didn't you know i didn't push for it and then she said don't worry it's coming as a separate thing and a couple of days later it just came nicely packed and and all that and it, it was apparently uh done by a professional uh like a car body repair shop uh, painter so it's not just you know it's not just yeah. like red, red, but it's a white cover that they
1: had was, it like professionally dipped. I think. Uh, was um, it? Uh, so I, I, it was... I don't
0: know, but it looks awesome. Like it, and uh year on, it's still you know as good as it was. So I'm I'm amazed, and thank you, Jordan, because <laughs> it's you know, I, it was a, it was a it was a I often just yes. you know come up with questions or whatever, so sort of just in a uh, in the moment, and uh, mm. it was one of those things. I just thought I'll ask, and. Um,
1: that's pretty awesome. I think you are the envy of a lot of my energy fans all over the world. And uh yeah, as we know, now as a result of listening to the podcast, I was fully informed and I was able to talk to her about the podcast and having just heard it and uh, I got the job um which has in some weird roundabout way landed me here speaking to you 2 years later. You, <laughs> so because
0: you just left the job
1: I've, yeah <laughs> so've we've, we've, we've recently well i have recently left my energy so that I can fully focus on charge safe which is really exciting and it was it was really difficult because it was probably the first time in my whole career that I've had to leave a job that I genuinely really loved for a company that I just really admire and I'm very inspired by. So but I know that I'm going on to do things for the greater good. So it's kind of like it's it's a bittersweet feeling in a way. Um but you know, I was literally speaking to Jordan this morning, we're still in cahoots. So uh yeah, who knows what will happen in future.
0: I think that's the best way to leave the job is in on good terms, you know. Mm and to do something amazing so it's, uh, i'm sure she's envious she's like i don't know i don't want to put uh, words in her mouth she's probably thinking I, I i i wish we we could have done this but they're not in the in you know they're in a different business so and i'm sure Oh they're in a busy. totally
1: different league now as well yeah. you know they're in Australia and Germany and they're looking at the US really seriously so they've Jordan's got big, big things on her plate at the moment. So, you know, wish them all the best. And uh, yeah, but just, it is really just so lovely how that has kind of landed me here, having a chat with you about about a completely different subject um, that has really been born as a result of having the company Electric Vehicle. I am personally a huge fan of your solar hat. Oh, thank so, you.
0: you know,
1: for for those who are watching or listening, um having listened to Greg's lovely podcast with Jordan, I then got to physically meet Greg last year at the fully charged live show <laughs> with his wonderful hat. Um <laughs> it's just brilliant. It's got a fan in it as well, hasn't it, to keep to keep your head cool.
0: Yeah, it does. Actually I could I could it's I just had my brilliant. dinner so I could use this
1: needs to go into mass production Greg it needs to happen
0: there is a patent for it somebody's holding a, a patent and um, and um, I think it's, it's until 2025 or something excuse mm. me um, so uh, it's not going to be until the patent is out that there's probably going to be a mass flood of Chinese produced hats like that I just always wanted to have one and it was kind of my own self-thought you know it's one of those things that um i'm sure thousands of people have thought about this but i decided to just to act on my own thinking
1: it's very cool <laughs> don't downplay it is very cool
0: <laughs> i mean it's just a very simple idea it's just a bunch of solar panels and and fans nothing to us really mm. anyway but we're here to talk about you because i can yeah, i've got a podcast i can talk about myself all the time <laughs> 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 um so the, uh, the, the charge saves. You were just saying that you left my energy to do your own thing. So can you tell us about your own thing?
1: Yes. So um, I think, you know, the journey kind of started when I got the position with my energy. Um, Being the events manager would involve me driving up and down the country and and going to visit uh, clients and potential new business partnerships. So um, Jordan felt it was only right that I should ditch my diesel and adopt an electric vehicle. So uh, that's kind of where the charge safe journey started really in that every time I had to drive long distance, anything more than 200 miles would mean a stop and charge at some point along the journey and going from Portsmouth to Grimsby you know that's an easy 300 miles so every time I went up to the office I would have to stop and charge somewhere so I very quickly became quite au fait with the public charge network um, using rapids making the the best use of Twitter as well I have to say you know my my best source of information is honestly Twitter and the community they're just amazing I think I've quite publicly said on a few occasions on Twitter I love you guys like the community is just amazing um just a really wholesome crowd of people who are more than prepared to give you advice. And tell you about, you know, if there's a specific issue with a charger, you're going to find someone on Twitter who's probably tried to use it in the last two days, which is just really lovely. So my first um, journey in an EV, I turned to Twitter and that was uh, I stopped at Watford Gap and I was using the old ecotricity um, electric highway before it was bought out from Gridserve to the point where I had to sit and ugly cry at the charger because I wasn't sure how to really use it. And nobody, nobody really prepares you for that first long journey in an EV and Twitter came, came forward and, and saved the day. So pretty much what's happened since is there've been quite a few late night drives when I've been on my way home from the office, um, it to the best of my ability you know the sat nav tells you it's going to take five hours it usually takes me seven or eight for some reason it takes longer to drive north to south than it does south to north I do not understand it but it happens so it would always be dark and late by the time I would hit my need for, for a charge and With experience, you start to learn that you need to have an extra 30 or 50 miles on whatever your destination is, just in case something goes wrong. So, you know, you pick these things up and I always try to get a little bit of extra juice on there just in case something something happens. And there was one particular night where I was driving back from Grimsby. Um, We'd literally just done the road to cop with the EVA. Everybody had come up to my energy head office in Grimsby. It was really lovely. And then I was driving home and I was swearing and I was shaking. And I was like, I cannot believe I've got myself into this position. Um, And what had actually happened was I had done my midway uh, charge and that was absolutely fine. I had an extra 30 miles on my journey but then what happened was i was redirected around the farnham um, belt where they closed off a massive section of the a3 so uh i thought okay i'm losing my emergency mileage now i should probably stop and charge again so at this point it's gone 11 at night i found a charger using a, a mapping application uh went to it and it was it it wasn't working but it was also in a very very Abandoned car park is the best term that I've got for it. It had some lighting, but there was nobody there, bar one vehicle, which was packed full of teenagers who weren't exactly the most welcoming uh, charge point companions. Yeah. So that was that one. It was a write off. It wasn't working. So I found a second charger, which was in a supermarket car park. And I thought, a supermarket car park, that should feel a bit safer. So I drove there and the superstore. I clearly, you know, very energy savvy and had all their lights switched off because nobody's using this car park. So we drove into the Superstore car park and you assume it's going to be lovely and light, but it's not. They're energy savvy. They've got all their lights switched off. It's very dark. There's nobody there. It's set back from the road and the charge point itself was at the very back end in a corner, tucked under a tree, and you could just see the tiny little LED screen lit up And to my horror, to the right of it was actually a very dark alleyway, which was coming from God knows where. I have got no idea where the alleyway led. And I thought, right, great, this this is welcoming. So I got out of the car, not really even wanting to get out of the car, because when you get out of the car, what people who, who don't use public charge infrastructure or even drive an EV just yet may not realize is when you get out of the car, you have to leave the car unlocked in order to open your charge um, door Yeah. on your car. You usually to be have to
0: turn it off as well. So.
1: Yeah. So no quick escape <laughs> and you've got your keys in your hand so that you can, you know, make sure that the, everything's working properly. You've likely got either your mobile or your debit or credit card in your hand or both, um, depending on whether you're going to use an app or, or pay as you go. Uh, so there I am. Car keys, Debit card, mobile phone, all in hand. And I'm staring at a tiny little screen. And my back is on my unlocked car in the middle of a dark car park with who knows. And and suddenly I just felt very vulnerable. The I plugged the charger into the car. Jumped back in the car, locked everything and just sat there and waited for it to, to communicate with the car. And it comes up and it says, you know, charger initiated. Um, but it, it wasn't working. So I thought, right, OK, I'm going to have to call them. So I called the charge point operator. And by this time, it's probably about quarter to twelve. Um, and I spoke to a lady and I said, look, the charger doesn't seem to be working Is there anything that you can do. And she said, oh, yeah, like let me see if I can remotely start it. And at this point, I think she didn't even want to charge me. She just wanted to make sure not charge. Sorry. She didn't want me to pay for the transaction yeah. to okay. charge um, because she just wanted to initiate the charge so that I could get home safely. I started to panic. I was becoming a bit hysterical. I was shaking. I was crying. I was I was so embarrassed. Um, and, and in the end, I said to her, look, this isn't working. I want to go. I don't want to be here. I need to go and find another charger. I'm very sorry to waste your time. I need to leave. And I actually called back the following day to apologize and to say, can you please pass a message on to the lady? Because all their calls would be recorded. They must have a log of it somewhere. You know, can you please just pass a message on to the lady to let her know that I got home okay? Because... I felt so responsible that I probably left her in a position where she had gone home worried about this young woman who'd been crying on the phone, (laughs) you know, and, and that's not a pleasant situation to be in. So that was charger number two. On to charger number three. Um, uh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This one, so three very different charge point operators as well, by the way, the last one was uh, one of the big bad oil and gas uh, baddies and Unlike the beautifully canopied, well-lit petrol forecourt, the Charger was around the back, behind a fence, in the dark. Um, and and shockingly, actually, there wasn't anybody working at the petrol station that night. They'd just shut their doors. Uh, so it mustn't have been a very busy petrol station for them to stop that service. So I stopped stopped, uh, tried plugging in the car, and it was an app. That I had to log into which wasn't working so I thought oh god like I really don't know what to do I've got 24 miles left on my car and the next best charger was at the Winchester services which was 22 miles away and but I knew if I got there it would work because it was a new grid serve unit so I thought there's absolutely no way that that's that's going to fail me because I trust that network, it's reliable, it has not failed me yet. So I thought, okay, I could probably do this if I drive extremely conservatively, which is what I did. So I drove on the hard shoulder, at 15 miles per hour, switched off the heating, switched off the music, put the hazards on, and took a very slow drive on that hard shoulder. Physically shaking and terrified that I was going to run out of charge and end up being stuck on the side of a motorway with a car that wasn't going to work um, in the middle of the night. And I didn't even know if the power going would mean that my hazards wouldn't work. So it was very, very uncomfortable. It took me an hour and a half to do that 24-mile that trip. Um, in the meantime, my partner had actually called me and he said, Well, you're not home yet. Look, like, is everything okay? And I said, Oh, you know, I didn't want to bother you. <laughs> because it's so late at night i didn't want to tell you that i'm in a bit of trouble and he stayed with me on the phone and so to the point where i actually reached the services he was able to tell me exactly where in the car park i would find the charger because as soon as you get into the services again it's not immediately obvious where the charger is
0: yeah only a couple of them in the country have actual uh you know thingies telling you where it is yeah it's
1: yeah, exactly. And I just thought, what a silly predicament for a 32-year-old woman to be in. I should know better than this. And then I was so angry about it. I literally, I arrived at the charger on zero, zero charge. Wow. So I was very lucky to get there when I did. But after, it was just this thought that kept churning. And I thought, this isn't the first time I've brought up safety on Twitter. We've seen Maddie Moat talk about it. We've seen, is it Ginny Buckley has talked about yes, it? yeah. Jill Nowell's talked about it, Jordan's talked about it. All of these you know, huge influential women in EV have spoken up very boldly about how unsafe they have felt at points in a, a public charger. And I thought, well, nobody's actually done anything yet. So, so what is it that I can do? And my partner, James, is actually a software developer. So you know, being the nerd that he is, he wants to find a solution to the problem. So we sat down and we started talking about it. And at this moment in time, it was really just a, a playful idea, a, like a dream, like, you know, what can we do to make this safer? And then I had to drive to COP in Glasgow for COP26. And when I got to Glasgow, I um, started talking to Graham Cooper about it over some networking lunch that we were at. And he said, Kate, that's a really, really good idea. Um you should probably also include accessibility as well as safety because accessibility is also a huge issue. So I started to do some research. He introduced me to Edmund King at the AA, who just loved the idea, um, which was, you know, really encouraging for me. And I just thought, okay, I, I need to take this seriously. This could actually like create a positive change for ev drivers everywhere and as we see mass adoption kicking in we've got more ev drivers on the road we've got more chargers being installed by the day you know if every network does not have a standard that they need to meet that's across every network they are just making making it up as they go along yeah so Here we are, charge safe. I went out onto Twitter again, the lovely Twitter (laughs) fam, and I actually said, guys, what would make you feel um, safer when using a public charger? And from all of the answers that we got from those responses, we kind of worked backwards to make them into the set of standards that we would be looking for when using a public charger so for everybody that said lighting you know that went up in the ranks is something that's extremely important yeah. for everybody that said security cameras S- uh, SIA licensed staff some form of panic button would be great um, not being buried in the bushes you know yeah. the, all of these really simple things that we want as EV drivers that we shouldn't really have to fight for just came up and and now we have yeah. a 50 point inspection plan based okay. on the responses that we've kind of fleshed out to include accessibility. Um, and I'm more than happy to go into more detail on that in a moment. Okay. Um, but it's it's just been so wonderful. And everybody in the community has said, you know, this is exactly what we need. Um, and I feel like, you know, okay. I am the best person to to be the face of, of safety for, for women and men and, you know, accessibility needs across the UK. Cause I will fight tooth and nail to ensure that everybody gets the charging experience that they deserve.
0: <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but the, uh, I'm, and I'm, you know, a middle-aged white, white bloke. So, um, I, you know, not that I'm a fighter, but the um, I felt unsafe many times at the, at the charger. But it's I can only imagine if you're uh, if you're somebody who you know is either in the category of people who are either disabled or or just you know um, feel weaker basically um, for mm. whatever reason, then you must feel ten times more vulnerable. And I have no idea how that feels. So um, you know, uh, I've yeah. had I've had uh, I've had to come out and and scare people away because they were uh, being racist such and such uh, to somebody who wanted to charge and blocking a charger i had to stand up to a guy who was basically uh, blocking a charger in his PHEV, not plugged in uh, to another guy who was you know uh, uh, not white basically
1: that's uh, horrendous
0: blocking a charger as well and you know all sorts of things and i've been i mean i've, I've traveled i've done probably hundred thousand miles now in evs or, or 90 thousand miles or something and i've traveled mm. up and down and i'm a i'm a you know adventurous bloke uh so i'm i'm i've done i i drove my leaf into um into a sandy beach because i thought you know it's fine in wales and people who live in wales probably know where it is um because everybody seems to be doing it there uh because i mm. thought it's it's a car park and you know there is no visible border and then i had to <laughs> beg in the middle of the night, basically like pitch black, I had to beg like for strangers to call somebody for help because obviously there's no signal. Uh, and, you oh know, my god! All sorts <laughs> of things. So I, I I can understand, and I've been to plenty of public uh, charges that are just unlit or in the middle of nowhere or under a tree, under a bush, behind the back of a hmm. building, like because just just to roll back the the way the way this the whole this is a new thing, and I've. Think my other guests have said that already. But I'm just going to repeat it just for uh, anybody who's watching for the first time or listening for the first time. But basically, the way this works in the UK, and I'm pretty sure it's all around the world, is at the moment because EVs are not the the main category of car. Um, and but you know they're up. It's an upcoming thing uh, uh, when you want to put a a charger somewhere, especially a rapid charger, because um, that's what I think what we mostly talk about. We don't talk about destination chargers as much. Um, is if, if 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 somebody gives you a ability to put it in their car park or whatever they will give you a spot and they'll say this is where you're going to put it like that you don't have any room to negotiate um mm. mainly because of the cost reasons but also nobody wants wants you to um dig out half of their car park just to you know uh, run the cable and never mind putting a canopy over it or light or whatever um so that's the state of play as of sort of now and it needs to change like we cannot uh, uh, do it like this forever I mean I understand why things are the way they are but they need to improve Um,
1: but also you know I I was speaking to um, Ian Osprey Ian Johnston really really lovely guy very much wants to make sure that Osprey are very safe and accessible network and he was telling me about how competitive the landowners are actually over the the charging rights. So, you know, you could go to um, a landowner and say, this is where I would like to put this and I would like to have lighting and security cameras. And actually, they'll turn around and say, well, if it's not good enough for you, we're just going to go to one of your competitors. And, you know, how Dare they, for starters, like this is people's safety that you're playing with. So what we're going to do is we're actually going to look at charge point network operators, but also the landlords. So it it could be a case of Tesco's versus Morrison's, for example, and how safe the supermarket standards are when it looks at safety to call them out on, on things like that. Yeah. It's very much been a land grab exercise. And yeah. I think that's where we're seeing the problems now. And actually, as the the networks become more competitive in terms of bringing those customers to their networks, because, you know, the, the charges are being installed every day. So what makes your network different? Yeah. Well, actually, you know, I mean, for Ian, he's turned around and said, I want to be the safest network, which is great. And some people will just want to be the fastest network or the biggest network. Um, but what we're saying is every network should be safe and
0: accessible yeah, no, uh, again yeah accessibility is also a big one i, I know that osprey is working very hard on, on making their charging points way more accessible um because mm. that's the other problem is quite often you turn up you know the, the the scene could be very lit it could be middle of the day but if you're in a i'm not going to name a restaurant or quote unquote restaurant fast food joint uh you could have a a, a charger in there where it's very you know, very narrow and very busy. Um, mm-hmm. It could be a nightmare for anybody who doesn't want to fight or stand up to somebody who's bullying them uh, to either move because their eyes, the, 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 um, the point or because, you know, it's, it's just not feasible for them to, to squeeze in and, and open the door. Um, and, and, quite often i i'm there charging and i parked the way i parked because that's the that's the space that was available to me and somebody Mm. is trying to squeeze in and i can see that they can't even open the door but i can't move i'm in the middle of charge uh if i had more space if we had all, all space more space around us it would have been you know i wouldn't feel terrible and they would have been able to to carry to carry on with the charge it's just you know um accessibility and kind of having space is is something that hits everybody uh, like you could have kids with you or or even your dog or your, your whatever you know you could you could be your yeah whatever like life happens and you know shit happens as they say um and and you mm-hmm. need to you need to kind of think about that in your life as well it's not just uh
1: And charge point etiquette as well, Greg, this is something that we're seeing talked about loads more on Twitter now. So before it was, everybody was talking about safety and I was like, don't worry guys, I've got a solution. But it feels like ever since I came out and started talking about charge safe that it's flipped to, okay, well, Kate's dealing with that. Um, everybody's rude at charges and people are kicking people off of charges. We, we all saw, um, Andrew Till's valiant effort to educate us all on, on charge point etiquette. Bless him. You know, th- there was no right or wrong way to have done what happened on, on that, in that situation. And I think for those who don't know, um, there was a car that was plugged in, but it wasn't charging and there was no light indicating that it was charging and and he was unplugged, um, by, by hey, <laughs> Andrew. Andrew. And and Andrew did document all of this, and he's you know been very open about it on Twitter, and asked everybody for their feedback, and uh, and there have been some really shocking replies to that from people in America who are like, you know, if you, if you did this in Texas, we have guns, and that could have gone horrifically bad. And it's like, oh my yeah. god, like how do we deal with these situations if your car is plugged in and it's not charging? What do you then do? And there are, there's an app out there called Need to Charge, um, which is something that everybody should probably register to, which tells the, the user, I'd like to use this charger, please. But where that's not available, or if the other, the chargey doesn't have it, then what do we do? And we just do not have a set of rules to comply with. So we're all just making it up as we go along. And and yeah,
0: and, and also know. And also, not everybody's going <clears> to, <throat> even if there are rules, you know, who's going to like we're no longer in the territory where somebody like most of the people you know four or five years ago when i got my EV, uh, uh knew each other almost and were on the forums like it was a seldom uh like it, it didn't happen very often that i would uh run a up to somebody at a charger that I didn't know from a, you know, from a forum or, or uh, I, we just knew each other unless you were in a PHEV uh, of certain kind, kind because uh, they didn't seem to care. But the, um, but most of the pure EV drivers knew each other or knew somebody, or they were on the same forum, you know, um. whereas nowadays you're on a, to the charger and there's plenty of new people who just bought their car and they they don't care about you know socializing about their evs it's just a car to them um and nobody's going to tell them what the etiquette is like no, the number of times that somebody was touching the screen whilst i was charging uh and i was like what are you doing muppet?" like you know i would ha- I had to beep at them or whatever or right, i would just look just give a death stare to whoever was uh, with them in the car just like thinking like <laughs> This Don't is your, this is your husband, like seriously. Um, yeah. like, uh, you know, uh, some people have uh, other others literally uh, pressing the emergency stop button in front of them, and oh you're like, God. "Why? What are you doing? Uh, like, you know, that's that's just not that, that's not even um, uh, that's not even like like a charging etiquette. That's just being human. Like, just but what? But with
1: the emergency stop button, something I've never understood is why is it that when would we ever need to use it? Because uh, it's not to stop
0: it yeah it's it's a health and safety so the the dc electricity is very is deadly serious uh, and and it just needs to be there you know just in case anything happens obviously there's so many safety uh, um, systems in the car and in the charger that nothing should happen but say a cable was exposed for some reason and something didn't quite trigger uh it would be too late to press that button but you want to press that button just to kind of the uh, I mean, the technical term is the, uh, de-energize the, the circuit, but basically to, to, to remove the power from the system. Um, it has, uh, like, uh, I'm not going to say which network, but there is a network that kind of haphazardly has added, um, retrofitted, I should say, uh, uh, contactless uh, um, payment system to the chargers. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and if you use Apple Watch or Apple Pay, sorry, um, to enable the charger it's not going to tell you anywhere that you can't stop the charger with, uh, with your watch or your phone, but you have to use the, the emergency button to stop it. As I found out a few times, uh, oh. so it, it serves, you know, it serves its use. And then you obviously you could call them, but then you have to wait half an hour uh, on the phone uh, for them to answer, um, which you don't, you don't <laughs> want when you finish charging. I kind
1: if, feel like I know who you're talking about yeah, now. I don't want to,
0: I don't, you know, I've, I've got a. I've got a serious uh, uh, security. Uh, I work in the security in IT security industry, so I, mm-hmm. I've got a serious security concerns with the way they've implemented that system. But they're a big petroleum company; everyone's going to know about it now. Uh, but they uh, they're not going to listen to somebody like me. I mean, people have blocked me on Twitter because I've I've, I've complained <laughs> the, about the their problem- service. So.
1: The problem with big uh, big oil and gas companies trying to greenwash their reputations by installing EV chargers is they don't really appear to actually care. Uh,
0: that is, I could, that just, is I
1: could swear. I could have sworn so easily there. But they just, they don't give a f, F to them. They, they They really don't care. Um, but they will take 30 quid as a pre-off, which by the way, it's not a pre-off, it's a full-on transaction. And then... If you don't get it back within 30 days, you have to chase them to get your 30 quid back. And even after you've done that, after the 30 days that they keep palming you off to wait for, um, then they've, they'll escalate it and they'll investigate. And then a refund will take five to 10 days after the investigation. And it's like, you've taken my money, your charger failed. You did not refund it straight away, as so many of our wonderful independent networks have done. So networks that have not been born from oil and gas, um, who take care of the operations and maintenance of their units, 37 days I waited for 30 quid. Now, if that happened three or four times, that's over 100 quid. Somebody somebody commented on my Twitter, Greg, and you know when you just you've had a bad day and you're like, <laughs> I'm, I'm done with this. I called him, I called him a dick. <laughs> called him a bad word on Twitter. I'm going to have to he said,
0: explicit now, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: he, because he said, oh, well, why would an EV driver care about waiting 30 days for 30 quid back? They they can clearly afford it. And I said, you know what? Not everybody who drives an EV is, is flash yeah. with cash. Actually, exactly. it's, it could be because they're more savvy that they've saved up money to buy an EV because of the running costs are lower, or they've been lucky enough to get one as a company car, yeah. which was my case, you know, and I don't have 30 pounds to just keep dropping every other day when I'm doing long distance journeys. Yeah, especially it's, it's if you're not, driving
0: every day and you have to charge on the roads like a couple of times a, day, a week, you know, that, that adds yeah. up pretty quickly to, to you know hundreds of pounds. Um, It
1: does. And again, this is an unsafe thing that that network is doing. Um, So holding on to funds for any more than an hour after that charge has happened. You know, there are networks out there that refund the difference very promptly or refund it if the charge fails to initialize. but if you are then late at night on your own having to find another charger or even not late at night and you need to find another charger in order to complete your journey, if you can't do that because of the charging company is held on to your money, it's not safe because you're not going to complete your journey and you're, you're stranded.
0: I, I completely agree. I, um, one of the reasons why I use uh, Apple Pay is there's there's a certain safety standard added by apple in the whole transaction um which means that they're not holding the money for too long basically because uh, apple kind of does that on your behalf so you know i i don't know if that works with google google pay uh for your real your google people but um you know i feel safer charging with apple pay uh personally but the um yeah this is this is like a good old chinwag that uh every ev driver has every so often other at, at, at charge, especially when the cars are charging <laughs> well, let's yeah. go back to the uh, the charge save i hope i hope the um i hope uh, you know safe uh, safety in terms of like the not Screwing people over with the money is what one of the things on your on your checklist. Or if it isn't, oh, I, would, I would like it to be added, please.
1: It is. It is there now. It wasn't before. But this is a thing. Like this is going to be a continually evolving process, and it really matters to us having feedback from everyday EV drivers. You know, we we could be missing something really, really obvious. But as far as I'm aware, what we've now got is wholly inclusive of the whole process so we're looking at four separate areas that's the environment that the charger is in so that includes you know how safe you actually feel so you know are there teenagers hanging around all the time is it under a bridge, um, like the, the one in Glasgow is under a bridge is quite scary. Is it at the back end of a car park or is it in a very well-lit forecourt um, similar to, to the GridServe Braintree um, forecourt? You know, that that is like the dream standard. Um, and even there are really amazing hubs that Osprey are bringing out. So, you know, that we know it can be done. We'd like to see more of it. So environment, big Big deal. And that's going to penalise the landlords if they fail to make any adjustments on behalf of the charge point network operators as well. So we'll be following that very closely. Then you've got facilities. So, are there any facilities? Is there somewhere to go to the loo, grab tea, coffee? Um, you know, how much human activity is there within the locality? Um, and and this is a nice to have, not a need to have. So for that reason, it would be the weight of it would be less important, but it's still there and it's still important. And then the uh, charge points themselves. So with the charge points, that looks at the ease of payment, the pre-off policy, um, like we've just discussed, Um, is the unit actually faulty? So we've seen quite a few times on mapping applications where we have made our way to a charger, turned up, and it's either not even switched on and completely inactive since it was installed, um, which is just bizarre to me because it could be making money, or it's out of service and there's no update as to whether an engineer has been called, scheduled, whatever. It's just completely dead. So that will factor into it. So any companies that are really lax on the operations and maintenance of their networks, they will be told about it. We're going to let them know um, very, very swiftly that it's not okay. So you've got environment facilities, charge points and, that those together will have 30 points around them of the, the total score. And then the final one is accessibility. So we had previously factored that in under charge points, but since speaking with Motability, we've decided it, it should be its own um, you know, entity Uh, Motability have been doing some incredible work over the last two years, lobbying the government for some legislation of standards of charge points. And I know um, you mentioned John Beardy McBeardface. I did listen to that as well. That was really great. And uh, I I got to speak to John just shortly after you recorded with him. And I said to him, you know, uh, there's there's so many questions that I have for you because I'm not. The best person to represent this as an industry, you know, what things are we missing from this, and he's actually agreed to help us uh, form a part of a steering group moving forward to ensure that anybody with a disability is always going to be represented wherever charge safe is concerned. So we'll work with motability. We'll we'll have John um, giving us feedback uh, along the whole journey as well, um, and there their standards should hopefully become legislation in the next couple of years. So that they, because they've been lobbying for two years already, they're much closer to having something mandated with the government. So they're going to share these inspection points with us, and we're going to implement that into our inspection, which just means that you will know whether or not that site is fit for for use by someone who has an accessibility need. And uh, the whole accessibility thing just kind of blows my mind anyway. You know, um, John was telling me that he had called ahead, I think, to a charger and they said, you know, just let us know when you get there and we'll come out and plug you in. That's completely undignified. You know, anybody with a disability should, we should be at a point in our lives when if you have a disability, you at the, the systems are in place to enable you to do you know every daily day-to-day task that we can do the same we should have those systems in place so that somebody can pull up plug in their car pay for their charge and get on with their day not ask call and ask someone to come out and help them you know unless you love the concierge lifestyle. <laughs> I mean,
0: it, wouldn't it be amazing if there was a forecourt? You know, I mean, some some petrol stations. I, I'm not sure about UK, but the uh, I know some uh, forecourts in in Europe have that um, where you you pull up and somebody will you know fill you up or whatever. Like. um, uh, which I've turned up in uh, some of them in an electric car, and it was hilarious because they asked me what what do I put the fuel in. I'm like, "What I, but I you put your
1: gas?" Or <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't have the type of fuel I'm I'm, I'm using, so sorry. Um, but you know, it, it, and even that feels odd to me when I have to like somebody else is is doing things around the car. Like I want to do it myself, um, yeah. so I can I can fully understand that it it, it does feel a bit bit odd. Um, I mean, although. You know, on the flip side, having a concierge or, or even just a single person who is there to kind of help would, uh, I mean, it will cost a lot of money to, to, to run such uh, charging station but the uh, but it would increase safety tremendously.
1: Oh, I totally agree. I think having that there for safety absolutely and if somebody has an urgent need, somebody who's technically trained who also has like an SIA le- license um would be the most ideal person. Somebody who's trained in security can, you know, be there to defend someone if if they get into an altercation, um, but it was also technically minded to fix any you know regular fault with a charge point. If it is just a case of, I th- I saw someone put a pebble underneath a charger cable to get the the connector to fit into his car um, when wow. when driving up to Scotland recently. A pebble, and but that was like a really quick fix. And if he hadn't have had that the person's phone number who was, you know, a big part of of charge place Scotland, you wouldn't have known (laughs) that it was that sort of fix. But if you've got somebody permanently placed on site who can support with those things, you know, how much simpler would it be? You know, how much safer would you feel? So, you know, there's there's definite dream situations. It would be quite costly to the operator to do that. But we have come up with a, a slight, uh, short-term, hopefully, uh, remedy to that. So I do need to have this conversation with the company that I want to work with, but I'm pretty sure that we can make it happen. And it would basically be a charge point companion service. So on those situations where you're driving home late at night and you're on your own, or you're not on your own, um, you've got kids in the back or whatever, and you pull up to a charge point and it just feels unsafe. There's a number that you should be able to call who also run all of the technical support services for a lot of charge point network operators. So they are already trained in the technical elements of the charge points. They up, will understand where you are, where you're located in the car park and, you know, and, and and where to find you. And they could be a charge point companion in that you stay on the phone for the duration of your charge or however long you want to until we feel a little bit safer. Say you're sat charging for 30 minutes and you're just having a chin wag with someone on the phone who knows where you are. And if a situation escalates, like you could say, someone is walking towards my car, this does not feel safe. Um, if the phone if the phone call is disconnected, they can call the emergency services without you having to drop the call and reconnect and redial um, and they will be able to tell them exactly where you are. um, If, it's a case of there being roadside assistance van within the local vicinity. They could probably deploy them just to come and check in on you and make sure that you're safe. And you know, if if you get a, a well recognised brand pull up in their van next to you, you feel pretty safe, I think, um, yeah. just knowing that somebody's looking out for you. So that is a hundred percent the service that we're we're looking to implement with Charge Safe. And I think you know, short of having a concierge, it's, it's a pretty good alternative
0: yeah i mean um yeah there's so many thoughts that i have um but but uh, i i do hope that places like um like grid uh, uh hub they, they 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 presumably do have somebody on staff uh 24 7 there to kind of help with because you know i can like we're talking about serious situations but there's a there's a there's a number of times uh, there's not actually uh well there's a number of times that i I pull up to a charger and somebody's just standing there quizzically with a cable in their hand and looking at their car and they have no idea what they're doing. And, you know, it turns out that they, they just got the car and nobody told them what to do. And you have to kind of explain to them. Number of times that I've seen people pull up to a a charger and they open the flap and they look at the chargers, all the cables available and they look at the flap and they look at the cables available and they're like, you know, they have no idea what's going on uh, because CCS, uh, being a, a really like somebody was trying to be clever uh, quote unquote with ccs and you know added on to the type 1 or type 2 uh, plug the uh, the two prongs underneath but some of those prongs sometimes those prongs are are covered by a little, little flap in the car and you pull up and if you have no idea and you don't want to touch it because it's you know it's electricity uh, yeah you're just like I, uh, I don't know um number of times that i had to help somebody you know and it wasn't just like you would think it would be a, a blonde or I'm just make, trying to make a joke here, but like a, a blonde, you know, or whatever. But the, uh, no, it was you quite You are open. blonde, aren't you, Greg? No, I'm not. I'm, I well, barely have hair. <laughs> I'm, I'm, my hair is kind of white. So I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, Mine a, too. It's all right. I'm, a You're two, all right. I'm, I'm an old blonde. <laughs> uh, but um, no, uh, but it, it was in every, every single occasion, it was a, it was a man that kind of looked a bit beefier and kind of just like, you know, I'm a moment, man. Um, so you'd think they would know what, what's going on, or well, maybe that's maybe that was the problem. I don't know. Um, I don't, you know. Um, but I had to just just flick the thing and say, you plug it in? Plug it in there." And it ha- it's happened quite a few times, um, mm-hmm. and it always surprises me. So where I was going with this whole uh, uh, um, detour is the uh, is the fact that you know sometimes you just want you want have somebody you want to have somebody in there who can just explain things to you.
1: Uh, 100% but at the same time so that's a really interesting point and I think there is something there about you know typical ego um, preventing you from asking for help when you need the help and especially within new EV drivers who you know are probably experienced in their very first charge it can be such a daunting process and I think that's why we all need to remain grounded and just to Really, be kind to anybody that we come across at, an, uh, at a public charger, and and just try to understand if it's their first time having a charge, or if they're just having a bad day. Because on the flip side of that, having something mansplained, I don't know why on earth so many guys come and they're like, "Oh, you are oh, you right there, miss? You know that you can't charge two cars at the same time." I'm like, I know. I know I can't charge. I'm just looking at the state of charge for your vehicle um, or just really bizarre things. Blokes will come over and I'm like, I don't, I don't need your help. Thank you. I'm perfectly fine. I'm kind I'm in the biz, (laughs) you know, bugger off, (laughs) I'm on your way. I do know what I'm actually doing. Thank you very much. But at the same time, when you have conversations with other women, so I have these, these lovely chats with other women. They're like, oh, you know, I do do get things mansplained to me quite a lot, but I've actually been driving my EV for a really long time and and I feel for them. Um, but actually, in my experience, it is more often than not men who are sat at the chargers trying to look like they know exactly what they're doing and who haven't got a clue. Like I, I bumped into a guy in um, an MG5, I think it was. Uh, I think he just picked it up. It's his work vehicle. And I pulled in to charge at a service station and he sat there uh, on 78%. And I was like, are you, are you all right, buddy? And he was like, yeah, yeah. just waiting to get to hundred percent. Shouldn't be much longer now. I was like, nah, you're going to be here for another 45 minutes. I tell you what, when that gets to 80%, do me a favor, <laughs> disconnect and leave. <laughs> and he was like, what? And then I had to explain about the difference between zero to 80 and 80 to hundred. And that actually he would be far better off by moving on. And as it turned out, He was charging, he wanted to charge to 100% because he had perceived range anxiety, but he only had to drive 50 miles to get home. And I was like, you don't even, you don't even need 100% of your battery range. Um, So it really is that piece about, you know, really considering how you're going to use the car. Do you need to have 100% battery or could you wait until you get home and maybe find another charger in the morning? Um, Do you, absolutely need to get from that 80 to hundred percent or is there another charger slightly further down the road on your journey um so yeah i i could talk forever about charge point etiquette and yeah, yeah it's man's playing too it's great
0: <laughs> <laughs> i mean i i when I, uh, my previous car uh nissan leaf you know didn't have a great range so i did have to uh on many occasions i have to charge it to 90 something percent um mm-hmm. and in fact that car um uh, for whatever reason, would sometimes. I mean, there's a. I don't want to get too technical because Jill will kill me. because uh, she wants me to be um much more approachable in in the communications. But basically, the actual state of the charge of the battery and what the car tells you sometimes is different for various mm-hmm. reasons. Doesn't matter. Um. Uh. And uh. And not always the car will. Char- you know, not every car will charge fast till eighty percent and then drop off like a cliff so the nissan leaf in its um grand wisdom or nissan as a company the car would sometimes charge super fast up until about 92 percent. other times it will it will kind of drop down at 80 percent and yeah. he just didn't know i mean i could have figured it out eventually like why uh, or what led to it but sometimes i would just sit at the charge of you know and uh and, uh, that's
1: a really dramatic drop, though. I know. Do you think that's because the the Nissan Leaf was one of the the OGs? It was one of the first on the market, wasn't it? So
0: yeah, I mean, I well, my suspicion is that because Nissan Leaf didn't have or doesn't have uh, active uh, battery cooling, it depended on the on the uh, on the basically on the temperature of the battery pack. Right. That was my observation. I can't remember. I mean, I haven't driven that car in in well over a year now, so I can't. Do you remember miss the it? I mean, it's a nice quirky car, but, um, you know, it, the range is not great. I mean, it wasn't on mine and, um, but where I was going with this is the, um, I, I, you know, I'm running this podcast. I'm a very technical person. I mean, in fact, I've actually, I've been trained in, uh, in electromechanics, which is, um, back in the day when I was going to school, this was to do with trams and, and, um and trains but now it's it, that includes evs so you know i know a thing or two about electricity and stuff but speaking of men'splaining, i would sit at a charger and wait for it uh, for the charger to, to get to the point where uh the char would the car will draw less than say 25 kilowatts from the charger i knew at that point it doesn't make any sense to keep on charging i'll move on mm. but sometimes that will be you know 92 percent say on the on the uh, on the display and i number of times a man would come to me and trying to mansplain to me why i shouldn't be charging over uh, over 80 and i would be like mate please like i know what i'm doing it's, it's, it's really fast.
1: reassuring to know that you get mansplained to though as well greg
0: <laughs> i i do i'm, I'm sure i've been, I, I used to be annoying to somebody you know one way or the other and i'm just just if you're if you're uh if you think you've never been annoyed to anybody and on yeah, annoying to anybody as a man, you, you probably were. So just you know, I'm just appealing. Try, I'm trying to appeal to men here. Don't don't try to explain to people. Like just wait patiently. This is later. for
1: all the men out there. If <laughs> yeah. you, if you yeah. feel the need to mansplain, don't.
0: <laughs> <laughs> don't. I'm just I'm just mansplaining that to you all. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. For uh, that, but, but in all seriousness, seriousness, I think people are just basically like you're quite right that the uh, people have range anxiety and and especially when they're new to the car they want to be like this the need to kind of fill it up to the brim um kind of sits deep inside their brain and their psyche and they just have to you know do that um and you can't really explain that to people like they have to once they you know it's something that you kind of learn i think on your own is you sit there at the charger for an hour and a half and everyone tells you it's just a quick Splash and dash for half an hour. Why do I have to sit here for an hour? Like it it makes a, you know, once you realize that there's a time goes on and you have to move on. um, Mm -hmm. Like nobody told me, for instance, like what I do now is I drive the car for two, three hours, then plug in for 15, 20 minutes and then move on. Because, you know, depending on, it all depends on the car and the person, obviously. But for me, that makes the most sense. Like um, I'm trying to maximize this sort of middle bit of the, uh, the car's range, but I, uh, you know, my car can do 250 mile in charge or ish. Mm-hmm. Um, other people's car can do 150, say they might have a different approach to it. Um, who knows, but the one thing's for sure is that there's way more charges nowadays than there used to be. Um, when I started Yeah. Driving. So
1: it's, I mean, it's, it's less of a concern, but also now we're getting to this point where we've got more EVs on the road and definitely, yeah. I, I don't know if you've experienced this in the last year, Greg, but I've really seen a difference in the last 12 months you know i'm having to queue more often um for charges which is great uh because we know that they're being used and it was a whole chicken and egg kind of situation before wasn't it like yeah. have we got enough evs to warrant the demand for the charges and now we definitely have a demand for charges um but yeah it's interesting how you break that that journey down so that you're actually charging for like 15 20 minutes every few hours and i think it is something that you can only get relaxed with after a, the first three months of driving an EV. You start to trust your car when it tells you that it's low on, on mileage and you start to learn the limits. Everybody has been in turtle mode at some point <laughs> <laughs> and felt like their gut drop when you see the little turtle come up. Um, I, I wonder who came it, up
0: with a little turtle on the, on the dash first. I love cause, it. Cause every, every car seems to have it now. <laughs> like, oh, here we go!
1: Here we go again. It's it's our equivalent of going into the red, isn't it? And and even then, you're not in the most insane amount of trouble in terms of can you find a charger? Because yes, you can. You might have to to, to wait for it. Hopefully, it's not owned by an oil and gas company and it's working. Uh, you know, shout out <laughs> and, uh, and and you can be on your merry way again. But yeah, I mean. We've, we've definitely come such a long way and I think kudos to the businesses who have gotten us to the point that we're at now, but we still have such a long way left to go. We do. Yeah. Uh, 2030 is, what, eight years now? It's not, it's not long.
0: It's not, it's not far. And as far as I know from all the, all the people that I know who work for um, OEMs, they're no longer bothering, uh, you know, designing uh, uh, petrol diesel engines it's they're all kind of fully set on evs um mm-hmm. apart, maybe apart from like toyotas and stuff like that but i don't talk to these people so <laughs> i have no idea um but the people that i talk to you know i know that they're fully serious about evs and and hydrogen is not the future so
1: um <laughs> i thought you was I, gonna say oh and then there's the hydrogen gang and it's like <laughs> i mean i mean hydrogen Hydrogen has its place in large distribution and haulage. Okay. We're not saying. little bit of it. Exist, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah, but yeah, but it's
1: <laughs> very, very, <laughs> but not for your everyday day car use. And I worked out today um, using the Kono, you know, that's a reliable 240 miles range in the current weather. Now in the winter, it's probably more like 180, but with the weather being like it has recently, I know it's 240. I know the car. I trust the car. So, I now that I'm not driving up and down the country every day, only have been needing to charge the car once a week, if that, to get the full range to cover my my average daily journey. Um, and if you only need to charge once a week, you know, that, that should relax the pressure to have a charger put on the side of your house as convenient as it is um, and, and wonderful to be able to charge a car at home. Because it's a lifestyle change, you know, plugging in your car like with your mobile, brilliant. But even if you can't have a charger installed on on the side of your home, if you live in a flat or, or a graded building or whatever, there is still hope for you. Yet, you probably only need to charge your car once a week. And guess what? You can do that when you do your food shop. Like there are there are so many answers to all the previous obstacles around having an EV you know that it's it's just a a non-argument now so yeah and i've i've actually stopped arguing with petrol heads as well because i'm like it's fine you you have your opinion we've hit that curve i I don't care i I was was, like i mean
0: anybody who i talk to who's a proper petrol head they um they're scared of even sitting in the electric car they know (laughs) like they they just know yeah. If they have a go, that's going to be it. So they there's they're, they're no, literally just no they're resisting back. even like they're like, and I'm uh, all like yeah you know, like you say all like all, all I can say to them is like nobody's taking your cars away, mate. Like it's
1: <laughs> if anything, electric cars. So my my previous argument, I've, I don't try. I try not to waste my energy with this anymore. <laughs> but um with. The great thing about EVs is if you drive an EV to do all your lovely day-to-day stuff, like doing the food shopping, getting the kids from school, like going to work, all of that stuff, then you get to save your beautiful car that you love <laughs> so much for your weekend drives, for long-distance journeys. You know, um, it, you're not using it so much, so you're actually going to preserve the lifelong um integrity of, of that vehicle and if it's a classic there are so many wonderful companies out there that will convert it <laughs> to an electric car like there's there's so many yeah. solutions now which is which is lovely but you know
0: good chats to have <laughs> kate um we need a call to action like what, how can people help you and what can they do
1: okay if anyone's still
0: watching this you know after an hour
1: we've gone off on a tangent so with safety and accessibility a great call to action at the moment i am fundraising i am actively fundraising to ensure that the business can get off to the very best start at the moment um i've have up until a few weeks ago been working two jobs, one full-time job, and then everything charge safe from five until two o'clock in the morning. And it was exhausting. My partner is still in full-time employment and i never get to see him because he's just working all the time. So what we're doing now is we're fundraising so that we can both be out on the road and start inspecting the units to collect the data, to see how it's going to work, to notify the networks of where their pitfalls are and and areas for improvements are, to share that data with all the mapping applications. Um, So, if anybody is aware of anybody looking for an investment opportunity, please let me know. Um, That would be fantastic. But also, we will be launching our user interface very soon. So, We've got our official inspector inspections, which is a 50 point inspection program, but we've also got a much more simplified user uh, based platform, which will help us fill in the gaps in between the official inspections. So uh, an official inspection will happen at every unit once per quarter, that is our commitment. In the meantime, if any issues come up uh, where something is faulty or, you know, if something's vandalized or if a light goes out, um, we want to know about it in real time. So we're asking for people to let us know if they're interested in testing. Um, It will be a case of the system's a bit slow. Um, Maybe the questions are a little bit too in depth. You know, we want to know, could you be bothered to sit? and complete 10 questions at a charge point is 10 questions too much are the questions relevant we're really relying on public feedback so again if you're interested in the volunteer opportunity until we can afford to start employing people then get in touch again um and the best place to get in touch with me is the hello at chargesafe.uk email um or find me on twitter
0: yeah twitter's the best place for everybody <laughs> to like would you would you accept from people just like if somebody's at the charger and there's something going on or everything's all right do you mm. think like people just sending you pictures of the charger yeah uh, it's fine
1: absolutely i mean it, it wouldn't form a part of the official inspection but um because that that has to be verified um in order for us to to ensure you yeah, know that it's yeah. you know definitely safe but if you are visiting a particularly lovely charge point feel free to give it a shout out let us know tag us in it and if there's something that just feels really wrong about a charge point as well uh tag us let us know and if you'd prefer a more discreet method then feel free to send me a direct message and let me know you know it's very important that we are neutral and mindful that all of the charge point network operators you know are that they should all be seen as brandless in an inspector's eyes. So, we should be delivering a completely unbiased, independent service. So, we will not be taking any sponsorship or advertising money from any of these businesses in exchange for favorable reviews. That's absolutely not going to be the case here. But, likewise, you know, from speaking to people like Ian, um, there are issues there that. I wouldn't have been aware of previously where it's not necessarily in their control to do things like having sufficient lighting at legacy sites that have gone in five years ago, because that would be more down to the landlord. So I don't want to penalize them too much for things that are beyond their control, but I definitely want to support the networks and being able to implement those improvements wherever possible. And I will be calling out the ones who refuse to to, to 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 work with (laughs) us because- they should care about people's safety. You know, it, we've just had International Women's Day. We've seen some really horrific statistics. It's not okay. We should all feel safe being able to charge our car um, as much as we do filling up the car. And and that's all I've got to say about that, Greg.
0: <laughs> that's fair <laughs> enough. Uh, you know, I think that should give people plenty to think about. And thank you for uh, for appearing on Take It, Evie. Unless you want to be talking about anything else, uh, no, no, honestly, I'm just so, though, so
1: grateful to be on Take It EV. I, I I feel like uh, I've really made it now. You know,
0: <laughs> all, all I can say is say, uh, thank you for uh, for starting this campaign because I think it's very important that people should feel safe. And you know, whatever the outcome of it is, whether it's improved regulation, uh, charging point operators actually doing something about it, or or them having just leverage against the uh, the landlords. To say, look, you know, nobody's going to be coming here if your uh, your safety record or your safety, uh, I don't know what you call it, uh, f- feel or you know, is going to be low. Like if you, mm-hmm. if we can't tell people that it's safe, um, that 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 is a great leverage leverage. And if all charging point operators operate against the same standard, that obviously makes makes it an even um, yeah. playing field which it it should be like, uh, it shouldn't be that one charging operator wins against the other one because they're, uh, they're, uh, you know, they're they're just willing to forego safety. Like that's just ridiculous. Uh, And the number of times that, yeah, the number of times that I felt unsafe again, you know, it's not just women. Um, The number of times that I felt unsafe because I've been driving somewhere on Friday evening, on Saturday evening, and people have been partying in the town and, you know, Mm. uh, you you just you oh, you have to leave your car for half an hour to go get some something to eat and
1: you, yeah you, and you really don't want to leave the car yeah. in an and area like spot that.
0: somewhere and you have no idea what's going on um you know mm. yeah it it's it, it it makes it better for everybody so i think i think it's a very very good uh initiative and you know i wish it succeeds because the uh, it has to like something has yeah. to change so things have to improve absolutely
1: well thank you very much for your support Greg I really appreciate it
0: no worries. and uh, thank you for uh for taking the time to cater all right <laughs> I don't know how to end this like properly <laughs> <laughs> you, do you either. not
1: have like a cool catchphrase that you can use well you do you you like you have a cool catchphrase like take it easy take it easy for now
0: yeah I mean, you're, you're the marketing guru. I, I, you know, maybe I need to, with all the, all the nine quid that I get every month from patrons, I need to employ you.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I'll see if I can come up with a cool, quirky catchphrase. Or actually, you know, maybe we could do that thing where if you've gotten this far on the podcast and you've got any cool ideas for how Greg should be signing off on Take It Easy that just makes the whole ending flow that much nicer, then let him know. Tag him. <laughs>
0: Thank you for watching. I hope you enjoyed this uh, conversation that we had. Uh visit all the things that Kate has mentioned uh during the uh, the podcast. You know, uh if you have any questions for her, hello at uh chargesave.uk. Uh the website is www.chargesafe.uk. Uh, and uh it's at uh evchargesave on Twitters, and of course follow me on Twitter at take it ev. And as always, hug each other more and high five and, you know, these and all that stuff. See you later. Um, um, um. Who is Yo? And why?